Welcome to ICUP with We. This is an ICP podcast by a new listener and an old fan from back in the day. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing Violent J's 2003 EP, Wizard of the Hood. You're listening to the ICUP with We podcast. What is up, everybody? I am Aaron. Welcome back to another episode of ICUP with We. We are down six Jokers cards, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, Wow, indeed. Y'all, it is a fantastic Sunday, as usual, here at Casa de Gristle. And uh, I am not, uh, well, I'm alone at Casa de Gristle, by all means, but I'm not alone on this call. Uh, And by that, I mean I am with the co-host with the co-most, Eric. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, how's it How's it going over there? How's Is the weather a little bit better? Has it started to cool down at all? Man, I took my dog Moose for a walk this morning in 56 degree weather. Oh, wow. And I could have cried. I was so happy. Yeah, same, same thing going on here. Uh, after uh, two months of almost no rain and wildfires and being shrouded in smoke for close to two weeks now, uh, the past two days we've gotten rain and the temperatures have cooled down and it's uh it's just awesome dude it, it's this is the time of the year that I think that I love the most is right when it's starting to change right yeah, um, yeah. Emily and I are always already making plans to go to the pumpkin patch oh um, yeah yeah we're uh I, I sat outside on my on my porch this morning and drank coffee. I could not tell you the last time I was at. Well, I could tell you the last time I was able to do it about this time last year. You're probably right. Um, it's Maybe not in the too spring cold. somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So I love there's two times of the year that I love this time of the year where things are starting to get cool and, yeah. uh, and the leaves are changing and you, you bust out your sweaters, big sweater guy. I don't know about you, Eric, but I'm a big sweater guy. Um, I like any size sweater. <laughs> that. I love that. You know, I I guess I'm I, I guess you're right. I am only a big sweater guy. Being a bigger man myself, um well, yeah. I can't really squeeze into the smalls. But uh Yeah. Yeah, that's a tight fit for me, but uh, I'll wear a small here and there. Right. But yeah, so so big sweater guy, uh extra large sweater guy, maybe even a double XL sweater guy and just feeling the weather change. And then the second time of the year that I love is uh in the springtime you're right when things start to get a little warmer you bust out the the above the thigh shorts or the thigh level Mm. shorts yeah yeah you bust out the tank tops the cut up shirts again and uh and you you get to get to gardening yeah that's how i felt about living in texas that there was about two months in the spring and two months in the fall that the weather is just awesome Everything else is miserable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is I mean, miserable. winters are mild enough, but, uh, you know, when you get into like, I'd say May through September, 
it can be pretty uh pretty challenging yeah you know the winters i agree are mild but i almost prefer northern winters to to southern winters is it's just because it feels so much more bitter down here just, does that make just sense go for it you, you're saying just have an actual winter just have an actual winter like i don't care it's yeah it's like 45 30 45 degrees but the wind feels like knives on your face mm-hmm. whereas up in chicago it could be like 12 degrees and it feels better for some reason oh no i don't know about that man once you get down into the single digits and stuff uh it's painful no matter where you live. See, I don't I don't think I've experienced that. I guess the the every every time I've been north during the winter, yeah. I guess has been not that bad. Uh whether oh. it be Chicago oh. or New York. Um I've dealt with some pretty bad stuff. I mean you're single a, digits is rough, but you're a northerner I, I, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I grew up uh in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is annually one of the snowiest cities in the country. But uh the coldest I ever remember it getting was negative 17 uh negative temperatures are it's it's just it sucks to breathe outside it's miserable i don't think i could have done it growing up i had asthma when i was growing up yeah um and uh it kind of got triggered by the cold weather oh yeah was one thing that triggered it i think i might have been like i think i would be sitting in a hospital bed on an iron lung if I grew up in the north right now, maybe. May, maybe. Um, but iron lugs aside, what's uh, we've talked about the weather. What's been going on uh, 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 in your life up there? I'll tell you what's been going on in my life. Uh, a, a couple of well, I mean, I guess this is in our life, our lives, our life together. Uh, we we hit some milestones. This is uh, this is our twentieth episode. Amazing. This episode will put us over the 24 hours of content mark, which is crazy. If you want to listen to our stuff, set aside two days now, officially, officially. Yeah, you can't do it in one day anymore, but we have surpassed 500 downloads, which uh, that's a pretty big commitment to some people out there downloading all those episodes and listening to them. But we, we all we owe. We owe everybody a big thank you. I, I think that's pretty cool. That, I think that's super cool. When when we got that email, mm-hmm. man, I saw it and I was like, I need to text Eric about this right now, but I know he's probably already typing out a text about it. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yep. And and you were. And and I was uh man, I was I was excited when I saw that news. That was fantastic. Um yeah, had a had a real cool. uh had a real bullshitty day uh, a week at work this past week, more so than the mm-hmm. the previous week, which was bad. Which was and, rough, um, yeah. But it brought a, a well needed smile to my face when I saw that uh, we surpassed 500 downloads and 24 hours of content officially after this episode. Yeah, that's crazy. I love it. Insane. It makes it worth it. It does. It does make it worth it. I think even if nobody listened to this, I would still do this just because it's fun to to bullshit with you for a couple hours every week. But yeah. um, it makes it that much more satisfying. And I feel like I have to explain it away less to my wife when uh, <laughs> by by knowing people listen to this. Right. right. Look, this is a real thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> um oh shit anyway so that's fantastic thank you guys uh so much for that 
let's get into it. Today we're reviewing Violent J's solo EP, extended play, if you will, Wizard yes. of the Hood. And then la- later, I'm going to be reviewing Fago Moon Mist, which I, I'm i excited about, but I think uh, Emily is the most excited because this is officially the last bottle of Fago that was sitting on top of our fridge, <laughs> taking up precious real estate. That's it. That's the last one. The I'm last excited one. because I'm eager to find out what you think of it. I, I You know, and this this actually might have been, of course, I was excited about all of them, nervous mm. about some of them. But I think Moon Mist, just being such a classic soda flavor, this yeah. actually might be the one I was most excited for outside of orange and grape. I have a feeling Fago's not going to let you down. We've only had a couple of misses. We have had a couple of misses. And, and, and in my opinion, if I would have, if we lined up all the Fagos that we tried so far, mm-hmm. yep. I would have pointed out a lot more misses that I would have assumed. Right, um, same than what we had. It was it's crazy. Uh, they've they've definitely uh, pulled their weight and then some. Um, Agree. Well, before we get to our review, uh, let's go and talk about 2003. Uh, Eric, what were some of the biggest hip hop releases of the year? Yeah, we're in a new year, and I think uh, this actually worked pretty well last week. So maybe we stick with the top ten selling hip hop albums of the year, and then just the other things that Psychopathic is releasing in that year. Uh, so. Based on first week sales, the the most hype and biggest albums of 2003 were 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Tryin' with the tracks Into Club and PIMP. Love it. Outcast released Speaker Box and The Love Below with The Way You Move. Love it. Jay-Z, do, do you love what did you or were you a fan of the Outcast albums, the Speaker Box and The Love Below? That's one of those albums that I feel like I listened to a lot, mm. but I completely forgot about uh, about in adulthood. And so it was kind of like a blast from the past seeing it on the list whenever you you emailed me the uh, the list for this week. Yeah, th- I mean, there was a lot of hype around it. Uh, speaking of hype, Jay-Z released the Black Album, which maybe, of course, all the other albums built up to it. But I think this one had some of his biggest, most well-known hits like Encore. Uh, dirt off your shoulder and 99 problems i think this is like the height of jay-z you know or what set him as you know solidified him as a legend i mean you walk into any building i'm I'm gonna make that you walk anywhere and you say jay-z the you say name a jay-z song what are they gonna say depends on the building if you walk into jay-z's house and say name a jay-z song what is he gonna say uh gosh you could say anything i'd say 99 <laughs> problems but but the the general public would say 99 problems right right that's right. an icon or that's hard such, knock life one or of the yeah or hard knock life i mean those are iconic songs um and one of which is off the black album yeah uh the next album on here i guess we I, i'm gonna just stop being surprised by this uh <laughs> tupac resurrection that was the fourth best-selling album like best first week sales like people were stoked to rush out and get the fifth posthumous tupac release but that's crazy man good good on his family for raking in so much money those labels and his family are banking like he set them up set them up oh yeah you know what the the um (laughs) 
the the pockets were running a little empty running a little dry running a little light and that's why he's releasing an album uh next year exactly uh (laughs) what else Ludacris released chicken and beer with the track stand up love it more 50 cent this was this was 50 cents year g unit released beg for mercy uh what else do we have various artists this is the bad boys 2 soundtrack with the song shake your tail feather god Uh, yeah okay uh DMX is still pumping out albums. Uh, Grand Champ came out that year with the probably more popular in recent years than it was even at the time. X go and give it to you, man. Have I have I showed you the uh, Thomas the Tank Engine X go and give it to you remix? <laughs> no, it's it's one of the best remixes known to man, and we will uh, we will watch it after after we record this episode and guys i'll tweet it out uh when we release this episode as well it's fantastic uh what else a couple more here the neptunes which is uh pharrell williams sort of hip-hop production team released an album called clones with what they're saying was the first pharrell williams solo track frontin oh or frontin depends i mean it's addiction preference i don't know right and uh the rounding out the top 10 first week sales albums was obi trice with cheers now i'll admit i'm not super familiar with obi trice i've i'm familiar with the name but no i don't think i ever really listened to obi trice i was gonna say yeah this usually on these top uh notable albums lists yeah i am at least familiar with with 99 percent of them obi trice I don't think I ever listened. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I was surprised to see that on this list. I was like, oh, wow, that was a bigger album than I thought. Right. Huh. Well, hey, we also have uh, not only these big hip hop albums, but uh, Psychopathic was was uh, pretty busy in 2003. Uh, who all released music under Psychopathic Records this year? Well, um, yeah, a lot. I mean, we talked about the fact that they were really starting to branch out and release a lot of stuff. Uh, 2003 is a great example of that. So not only did the album we're reviewing today come out, Violent J, Wizard of the Hood, but we also had Anybody Killa with Hatchet Warrior, Twisted released The Green Book, Esham released Repentance, which I mentioned last week, um, Psychopathics from Outer Space 2, which we're going to review next week, mm-hmm. and V Sinister released Hunting Season. Apparently, he won a contest and was awarded a one-year contract with Psychopathic Records, so just did the one album. But uh, the big one was Zug Island released Crack Tiles with the song Cry. Cry actually got national radio play. It was kind of interesting. Really? Uh, That song did pretty good, but I didn't fully know this. I knew some of it, but I looked into it. Zug Island was started by Violent J and Mike P. And basically, Mike P wrote all the music, recorded and mixed the album. Violent J wrote all the lyrics and vocal melodies, and he's credited as a producer. Uh, Mike P is actually in the band playing guitar, but they, from there, just handpicked musicians to create a band. I'm not a Zug Island fan at all. (laughs) No, I went back and kind of skipped through the album to listen a little. And aside from Cry, it's very difficult to listen to. It's 
Oof. Uh, not only because it feels a little outdated, but also just stylistically. Uh, I said it before and I'll say it again. I think it fits pretty well into that sort of butt rock or dad rock genre. See, and, and that's the thing is that like I have always sort of enjoyed that genre, but I, I hate Zug Island. <laughs> I fucking you should, hate him. Um, Give that record a spin. See what you think about it. Oh, yeah. Let me. I'll skip through it later today. And, and yeah, see. you should. You should. Um, no question. Cry. That's a good. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Listen to cry. Uh, question. Which twisted song from the Green Book uh, made it into the movie Green Book? I think they did the full soundtrack for the Green Book. Okay, they did the full soundtrack. That's what I thought. I wasn't sure, yeah. though. Yeah, um, you heard yeah, it. Uh, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Twisted did the entire soundtrack to Green Book. Um, and, and then actually, released it in 2003 under the title The Green Book. Right. Well, it, that was uh, their sort of like blueprint for what would go on to become the award-winning film. Green Book would not exist if it weren't for Twisted's no. legwork in 2003 uh, on the album The Green Book. Yeah. Tons of credit to those those guys. They've really um, they really made it happen. Oh, yeah. Great joke. Love it. <laughs> so, okay. So moving on to uh, Wizard of the Hood, Eric, what do we need to know about this album? Well, this is Violet J's first solo release, right? Aside from some of the really early stuff that was actually released as Inner City Posse, which was kind of solo-ish stuff. Um, but this is, might sound obvious, but might as well explain it to listeners a concept album based on the story of the wizard of Oz. And this is not the first time this concept has shown up in an ICP release in 1989. The song wizard of Delray appeared on the intelligence and violence EP, which isn't available to listen to anywhere. That was like dubbed on tapes sold out of the trunk of a car. I'd love to hear it. I want to know what wizard of Delray was like. Oh yeah. But then in 1991, Wizard of the Hood was on Dog Beats, and in 1992, uh, a slightly updated version, although pretty similar, was also included on Carnival of Carnage. Mm -hmm. We talked about those on those episodes, and I think we both really liked that track. Yeah, yeah, if I remember correctly. I mean, honestly, I don't think I, I didn't like a lot on either of those albums. That's true. That's true. We both, I think we're like, oh, yeah, this is interesting to hear their humble beginnings but there was a lot of good shit there oh yeah um but this album is a a full retelling of the wizard of oz story with violent j kind of playing the dorothy role as a crack dealer in the hood uh monoxide from twisted as scarecrow jamie madrox from twisted as the tin man or tin tizzy as they call him in this <laughs> blaze you dead homie as the lion uh, Shaggy as the wizard and anybody killer doing a cameo as the guard at the wizard's palace with a short cameo, but it's very cool. Oh, yeah. uh, the album's got nine tracks and it was released in two versions, the standard version uh, with two bonus songs and the collector's edition with two different bonus songs, not two more songs, two different songs. So each album had 11 tracks, but to hear all the bonus songs, you would have had to get both versions of the album. Right. Uh, the collector's version also had different packaging and it came with a package of violent joint rolling papers. That sounds kind of scary. Violent joint. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, uh it sounds like a, uh, a joint that'll kill you. 
It does. It does. Or at least it will um, hurt you in some way. I don't know. Either way, in this episode, we'll talk about all those bonus tracks. Uh, Much like the Wraith Shangri-La, this entire album, including all those bonus tracks, was fully produced by Mike P. But I will say, even before we get into it, very, very different feel from the Wraith. This is a completely different style of music for the most part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the album was released uh, on July 22nd, the day after that year's gathering ended. Fun fact, 2003 was the first year that the gathering was held outdoors. Nearly 5,000 people showed up to the Nelson Ledges Quarry in Garrettsville, Ohio. The album hit number three on the top independent albums chart, number 31 on the hip-hop and R&B charts, and number 89 on the Billboard 200. So that's most of what we need to know about Wizard of the Hood. And interesting facts, that is. Let me tell you, I... You know what? Let's get into our overall thoughts because I think this kind of uh, this kind of goes with it. A, um, I don't know what their obsession with the Wizard of Oz is, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to question it. This 100% made me want to watch the Wizard of Oz after I listened to it the first time. Overall, very Wizard of Oz esque uh, with their own yeah. twist, obviously. Yeah, um, I'd like to see them make a movie of this. I would absolutely love that. What uh so looking at the uh the album art, mm-hmm. love it by the way. Um yeah. you see the the yellow brick road in the background, you got the forest as well as the wizard's uh palace. Um Violent J standing there with his hand down his pants. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, this is a fantastic uh, album artwork. This is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think I, I'm going to need to do go off on a bit of a tangent, but I think this tangent may save us from future tangents, if that makes sense. Perfect. Okay. So I listened to this record and. My first thought was, it's still really weird for me to hear Violent J talking about smoking weed. Like, again, I don't give a fuck what people want to do. But I won't deny that, you know, I'm kind of against drugs and drinking, kind of, definitely. But that's not my personal choice. However, I don't expect people to care what I think. And it's definitely not something that I expect other people to follow. But it's not necessarily something I think is cool either. And after almost 20 albums... It just feels so uncharacteristic for them. Like he discovered this new thing and that's what he's all about at the moment. Um, It might be one of the things that kind of pushed me away from them overall. With that said, I actually really like a lot about this album. The songs never overstay their welcome. They're all pretty short. The story is pretty fun and clever. The beats are really cool. I dig the way the songs flow together. The guest and cast features, whatever, are awesome. I think it works really well. However, there's some serious edgelord type content on this record. Like, oh, yeah. Instead of scary or hard or even tongue-in-cheek or funny, for the first time, there are a few lines here that kind of cross over into cringe territory for me. And there's a lot of like really straight-up homophobic language on this album. We talked about this a lot of other times. And I'm not talking about just using slurs, but flat-out making homophobic statements. And I think this episode is the, finally the point where I think we can address it and move on forever, and I'll explain why. 
I was uh, I was personally pretty off put by that aspect of this record, and I listened to it, and I'm like, I was trying to like go through in my mind and go, how can I be okay with this? How can I review the album and be okay with what's on here? Right. And I think, aside from some questionable music choices over the years, when I say over the years, over the weeks, because we are doing years in weeks at this point, you and I have both gained a lot of respect for ICP, for their entrepreneurial nature, mm-hmm. uh, for their DIY ethic, for their skills as lyricists and rappers. And we appreciate a lot of their social stances uh, and and their messaging for the most part. But things like this and other insensitive statements kind of they feel contradictory and confusing and they make it hard to you know say we're fans or respect what they're doing. In every episode, I know I feel obligated to state that I disagree with this kind of language and attitudes just to make sure that you know we're stating that. But I read an interview from earlier this year, just a couple months ago, where Violent J directly addresses this sort of insensitivity and hypocrisy around homophobia on some of their earlier albums. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read you a quote from it. Yeah, please do. So the this is with Stereo Gum, and you can go read the whole interview if you want online. It's pretty cool. Uh, But they they ask him about one of the tracks that they had made and he's talking about things that he now realizes are very insensitive and he says it's just so fucking dumb man therefore i cringe when i hear it now you know at the same time we were also crazy homophobic back in the day and now my daughter says dad why did you say this and i say because your dad was a fucking fool i hate to blame ice cube but we wanted to be like ice cube we wanted to be like gangster rap and gangster rap said that kind of stuff all the time And we had a gay producer. Our producer was gay and he didn't give a fuck. It was us three in the studio, night and day, day and night, making all these albums. And it was something that just didn't come up. It was just part of life. We wanted to be hardcore and that's why we did it, you know? And when I look back now, what can I say? We don't have an excuse. And I can tell you this, there was never a time when we had a problem with gay people. It was just the word being thrown around like saying asshole. It was just something we called each other all the time just a bunch of dumbasses. Uh, and there's a lot more that I can read. He talks about the fact that there are a lot of gay juggalos and that he feels that their fan base and what they stand for is about not being a sheep. It's about accepting people and doing the right things. Uh, and he, they bring up his feud with Eminem and the types of stuff. And he says, you know, he talks about that and says, it sucks. It's terrible to think about. And their interviewer said, it's great to hear you grappling with it. And he said, no, it's not cool. This shouldn't be an issue. We're smarter than that. We're not judgmental. And how could we have ever said that kind of stuff? Knowing that's where his head is now, I can forgive their past indiscretions in that way. I wish they weren't on albums for all of history, but it sounds like he feels that way too. And I think people make mistakes, but they also grow and they change. And I believe when they say they regret that. And I believe when they say they never had hate for like the LGBTQ plus community. So for me, unless it becomes necessary to address it, I think this knowledge is what I needed to let it go. And and I don't feel like I need to bring it up on future episodes. But uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I um, it makes me very happy to know that they regret it as much as they do. It's very much and and when we've talked about these kind of slurs that they've used in the past mm-hmm. um we kind of 
said it's it was very much so a, a sign of the times, right? And especially yeah. of of the culture that they were in and they were trying to fit into. Um and yeah. and it's sounding like that this was what the culture was and this is desperately what we wanted to be like, but that's no not really an excuse. It was extremely stupid. We're better than that, you know? Yeah. Um so it makes me happy to know that he's holding himself to such such high standards and, and holding them to such high standards. Um, and, and, and that it's something that he still thinks about, you know, and, 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 yeah. and tries to, to better himself through, you know what I mean? I think he's, I think ICP, it is big enough these days where they could, they could have just brushed that off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and not really lost anything from it because they have passionate fans. Um, yeah. but it, it shows their character that it's something that they wanted to talk about and that they talked in depth about and, and that they grapple with like you know like i was saying you know and and like you said uh before you read that interview excerpt it's very much it felt a lot different because they've they have said homophobic things in the past and that we've yeah. talked about but it felt a lot different in this album you're right yeah um, it was weird for me to listen to and and be okay with and try and accurately score something like that. Yeah, I still don't like some of those lines. I I would like them to, you know, I mean I guess you don't go back and censor it. It is what it is, but Right. Yeah, I mean it's You're right. It is what it is at this point. Uh, I wish they weren't there. And I'm sure they wish that they weren't there more than we wish that they weren't there. You know what Probably I mean? Probably true. So Probably true. Well, so okay, so that's that. Like you said, hopefully we don't have to go on this tangent again. Yeah. Um, the be all end all of of kind of what we're about. I say we get yeah. in track by track. Let's get into it. All right. Intro. What were your thoughts? I thought the intro was completely worthless, kind of just garbage, and they should have just skipped straight into track two. It's not an intro. It's kind of dumb. What did you think? It is it was extremely um pointless. Yeah. I'll give you that much. I didn't mind it though too much. It wasn't an intro that I it left a bad taste in my mouth. It was just kind of like, okay, well that happened. Uh let's move on. At least it was short. It it was short. It, it comes in at only 41 seconds. So, you know, yeah. it's it, it's it's no, you know, doesn't ruin your day if you if you listen to it on a, on a shuffle if you know if you're listening to Violent J or ICP and you just put a bunch of shit on shuffle and this comes up it's not like oh what the fuck skip it you know what I mean it's just yeah I know it'll just happen and be done quickly yeah yeah let's move on to track two let it rain the beginning of the story basically what were your thoughts here all right let it rain the beat was cool the yeah. flows were airtight um which is something that you will hear me say a lot on this album i heavily enjoyed the start of this this story right but uh towards the end he says uh so basically this is about the tornado happening um but he's kind of just like you know what we're all good yeah i'm not worried about it it, uh, yeah i'm I'm not worried about playing nintendo Mega Man 4 from 93 uh, is, is yeah, a line which actually he, released in 91 not 93 but anyway oof you know what 
I got to dock them a whole Fago score for that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, please continue. So, and then like, uh, oh, this line perfectly sums up what his attitude was. And I think sums up the song very well. Um, a tornado, go to the door, open it up. Yup. All the same back to my game. It's all right. As long as that motherfucker stay outside, I'm tight. <laughs> yeah. Like very unbothered by it. The hook was not great. But I feel like that's just them now is solid verses, kind of shitty choruses. But other than that, man, I'm not going to dock them for for a bad hook at this point Mm. in their career, because like I said, it's it's kind of expected. Uh, Very much so enjoyed this song, though. What what were your thoughts? Uh, I agree with some of what you said and disagree with some of it. I thought I thought the beat is sick. The flows are super sick. I thought the chorus was sick. Actually, I like that chorus. I think it helped really paint the picture uh, of him not only not worried about the storms coming through the hood, that he's into it. You know, he's he's saying, you know, I like the darkness. It's about to heli flow. You know, let it rain. Wicked shit. I'm I'm into it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I liked it. Um, this song had the line that really triggered me and made me go, I don't know if I can deal with some of the language on this album. This was this was the one. Uh which again, I'll I'll accept their explanation and and it is what it is. Yes. But overall, I think this is a really well-written song. It's clever, a super well-delivered first track, and I think it flowed really nicely into the next song. Definitely flowed uh, very well into the next song. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I I will qualify what I said earlier about the chorus. I didn't like it, but it wasn't by any means the worst chorus in this album. No, no, that's true. Um, And I like this one because it's a straight up hip hop chorus. It's not like they threw some kind of rock chorus in or anything. And I, I thought it worked. Right. Um, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and move uh, move into uh, track number three, and that is Yellow Brick Alleyway. Uh, Eric, what were your thoughts? Another dope track and really different. Um, I think this beat is rad, and I especially love the the Munchkin choruses and parts and the clothes. Like, there's there's some great lines in it. You know, it's basically this is the moment. If you've seen the Wizard of Oz and who hasn't, where her house lands on the Wicked Witch, and he, this same thing happens in this story, and they they inform him that it happened, he didn't realize, and he's talking about, he's like, oh yeah, sick, look there go her feet, dumb bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's super funny, and uh, he talks about. I tried to play it off and say, you know, oh yeah, I saw her down below, so I was like moving stuff and trying to aim the house at her and things. I think everything about this this track works great. What'd you think? I had a blast listening to this track. Yeah. Uh, the the beat was amazing. The flows were again air fucking tight. The story was hilarious. Yeah, you're right. He said, uh, um, "So my house landed right up on some neighborhood trick, huh? <laughs> that's the shit, huh? Look, there go her feet, sick, huh?" dumb bitch i started playing it off i seen her in the windows so i was running around moving shit and aiming it so you know anyways (laughs) how the fuck am i getting home (laughs) yeah Um, yeah i mean it's it it's this 
album and these tracks might be some of the lyrically most solid writing that they've done. It's so good. Oh, 100. So this is, we talked last week about how they said they were going to stop after six Joker's cards. They ended up not right. And it kind of cheapened the whole shtick because of that. This is what in a perfect world I would have hoped for is just, like I said, go do your own solo stuff, appear on each other's stuff. Yeah. Go do your own. So this, I mean, this right here is, is exhibit a of how fantastic I think life would be if they would have just broke off ICP after the six jokers cards and, and still did their own stuff. Yeah. Give Um, it some time to breathe. Focus on your other projects. Yeah. Uh, Focus on your other projects. Come back a little bit later. Maybe, you know, Um, I will say, though, I'm glad if they were going to release something in 2003, I think rather than doing another ICP release that would have been like, oh, it's really weird to do that. At least the next thing that came out after Shangri-La was this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This they played it right by by releasing something solo rather than immediately another ICP work of work of uh, art. Yeah. Yellow Brick Alleyway fucking sick yeah definitely so yellow brick alleyway again flows once he starts down the alleyway he he leaves you know toward going off to find the wizard and right. it leads into homies to smoke with what'd you think of this track homies to smoke with this one was probably so okay so basically this is him finding the scarecrow which is monoxide child Yes. Um and and the st- the scarecrow is is pretty much just a fucking stoner idiot. Uh yes. which is fantastic. I didn't this might have been the worst chorus for me. Um Yeah, I you know I I I have this note. It says monoxide singing is awful, but his flows and verse are sick as fuck. But when I listened to it again, I went the singing is bad and yet it works like it kind of works for the song like the melody is good and stuff and i didn't i didn't hate it but it's not good right so okay so if you if you're paying attention if you're listening to this album back to front you're paying attention to the story um which by the way you absolutely should if you're gonna go listen to this after this episode you absolutely should listen to it back to front and really sit down and listen to it and pay attention to the story but like I said, if this is just any normal person just throws on some tunes while they're driving, the chorus is jarring to say the yeah, least. Yeah, good good point. In the um, context of the album, it works. If you just listen to it as a single, you'd be like, "What?" No. Yeah. If you listen to it as a single, you think, "Man, they couldn't have done like a second take of that or <laughs> maybe reworked it a little bit." Uh, but in in the context of the the album in its entirety definitely worked um but the hook was the only thing i complained about in this song other than that man monoxide's flows monoxide's flows were solid violent j's flows solid as ever um yeah. i heavily enjoyed it what what were your thoughts uh same that was my the only thing that i had bad to say about it and again in the context of the album and i think really the only good way to listen to this is just 
it's not long it's short especially if you just listen to the story and skip the bonus tracks like this thing is under a half hour long it's perfect at that length but again i fully agree with you that that would be the thing that i that i would knock it for but yeah sick verses sick flows sick lyrics i think it's funny to take the character that normally was kind of aloof and silly and didn't have a brain and make that person the stoner that just wants somebody to smoke with uh some funny lines in it he says like if you asked if i ever tried smoking myself no and jay goes well i just thought with the straw and everything you know yeah (laughs) it's pretty funny um yeah yeah not bad so that's homies to smoke with which Mm -hmm. by the way when i saw the name of that song i was like "Mm, am i gonna like it but i did uh, yeah. let's move on to track five, uh, Thug Wylan. What do you mm-hmm. got? So in Homies to Smoke With, uh, Violent J just randomly offers up, oh, well, the wizard who I'm going to see, you know, he's, he, he can help you. So why don't you come with me? And so the Scarecrow joins up with them. So now the two of them are, are carrying on just like happens in the Wizard of Oz. And, uh, it leads us into Thug Wylan and, Again, another sick beat. I really liked this beat. Um, it has the the use of guitar in it, but it's a very hip hop production, and the guitar really meshes really well with it. Some sick verses. Violent J has a really funny Nelly reference where he says "stomping in my Air Force Ones." It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Jamie Madrox as the Tin Tizzy. Dude, every time I hear Jamie Madrox, I'm blown away by his skills on the mic. His his singing part and his verses are just fucking sick. And he doesn't want a heart. He's he basically jumps out. It's a stick up. He's robbing them. And at some point in the song, they turn around to find out what you don't even have a gun. How are you holding us up? And then basically the tin tizzy goes, I know, but do you think maybe the wizard has one? So I think that's pretty funny too. What do you think of this one? So I think um, you and I kind of missed each other as far as the beat goes. I was not a fan of the beat, and I think I wasn't a fan of the beat just because we came off of you know three tracks that did have such strong beats. But other than that, I think I kind of agree with you as far as everything else. The the flows were solid. Jamie Madrox blew me away as usual, as Mm -hmm. he always does. Yeah, I, I think we uh I think we miss each other a little bit as far as the beat goes. But other than that, I I did enjoy enjoy the flows and in, in the lyrics. That surprises me. That beat is one of the beginning of Let It Rain, the second track, and the beginning of Thug Wyland when that beat comes in are the beats that stand out some of the most to me on this album. And there's actually a lot of really memorable beats here. Uh but I really dug that one. I, I'm surprised I'm surprised that you weren't a fan of it, but uh all right so now we've got all three of them uh headed together down the yellow brick alleyway and uh that leads us into horribly horrifying what were your thoughts there very iffy about that song yeah very iffy about that song um the beat feels like it never really comes in fully Mm -hmm. does that make sense the flows are good though. I mean, I can't I can't say that the flows su- I, there's not a single song on this album that I say the flows suck. Yeah. The flows were solid. It's just the beat was not that great. I didn't like the hook at all. No. 
Nah, didn't like the hook at all. Um, now this this is where they meet the lion, uh, which is played yes. by Blaze Your Dead Homie. Yeah. Um, he comes in with a fantastic first verse. Um, he, yeah. He's, I mean, he impressed me on this one. He's he's always impressed me. Other than the the beat, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? So I'll fully agree with you on the production of this track. This is not a standard song structure. This is almost in the way, and I don't want to compare it to opera, but in the way opera uses music to tell a story, this is a, a, a musical exchange back and forth that doesn't necessarily have standard song structure, which I agree, it doesn't ever feel like it kicks into here's the song itself. Right. Um, I didn't mind the hook, and here's why. I One of my notes is, oh, I hear Legs Diamond on this track. And I liked that because it's him, uh, which is pretty cool. I also have the the note, goddamn, Blaze is rad as fuck. Because he is awesome on this track. Like, his, oh, his yeah. vocal tone and delivery is so fucking good. Uh, and there's some really funny shit in here. Uh, you know, so he's the lion instead of courage. He wants to get some nedding, in yeah. his words. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really like the exchange here between Blaze and Violent J. And he asks if he knows where, you know, where, where the hoes at. And he says, well, on the Southwest side, I know a few, but uh, I know they're not trying to fuck you. And he's like, well, how about I swipe your head off? And he goes, how about you relax? I'm just trying to say they're, they're not trying to fuck half lion dudes is all like, yeah. which was really funny. As yeah, uh, the conversations between them, I think are where the lyrics get the best yeah right yeah um there is a line in this song that i was like oh god that's super edgy and not in a good way um it basically i don't want to say making light of but uh referencing sexual assault in a not super funny way that i was like yikes i don't know if that's if that's a good thing to put in there but yeah that was that was very edge lord and not great. I agree. Yeah, again, it wasn't it wasn't uh saying it's okay. It wasn't it wasn't saying anything like but it was just the reference. I was like, "Oof, that's a pretty insensitive reference, you know, making a joke about something like that. Not great." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um well, okay, so that was horribly horrifying. Let's move on to what you thinking about. Uh Eric, what you thinking about? <laughs> what you thinking about? So all of them are now headed down the yellow brick alleyway and uh, they get into um, a mushroom field, which this is very akin to the scene from the movie where they're basically high in a poppy field and fall asleep. Um, But I think this is kind of a fun song. They all are basically tripping on mushrooms, I guess, and just talking about what their thoughts are. I especially liked Violent J's thoughts on titties. I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Man, this is a fantastic song. I had I had a a, a lot a lot of fun uh listening to this song to the point where I even almost the first time I listened to it, I almost put the album on a pause just so I could go listen to it again immediately. Uh yeah. after listening to it cuz I thought it was really funny. The beat was great. The flows were amazing. 
the content of the lyrics were great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what'd you think? I like the hook on this one. What'd you think? The I liked. I enjoyed the hook on this one. Yeah. Um, I definitely enjoyed the hook. One of my favorite lines was um, Violent J says, "Blaze you dead, homie," and then someone said, "Who you dead? Who?" And yeah. He said, and then "Who he, you like, dead? Who?" Yeah. Uh, where I'm from, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. Um, cause it kind of, it broke the fourth wall a little bit. He does that in, um, in the song in homies to smoke with a scarecrow. Cause he calls him Paul and he goes, I mean, scarecrow. Oh my God. I don't think I caught that one. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. So that's a theme then breaking the fourth wall slightly is, is a, is, is a theme. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was uh, overall. I thought this song was fantastic. All right, so uh, as they get themselves out of this this field of mushrooms, they find out, okay, the uh, the palace is just over those hills. And I think it's the Scarecrow goes, hey, before we get there, why do you even want to go back anyway? Why don't you just stay here? So Violent J uh, explains what's great about you know going back, why he wants to go back in a song called Shiny Diamonds. What did you think about that one? Yeah, so um, it starts off with Blazy Dead Homie saying, I mean, what do you got going on there that's so good? Um, and then that's when Violent J kind of goes into what's so good about uh, Detroit. I thought it was a pretty okay song. Beat was good. The flows were amazing. Um, great lyrics. Great lyrics. When Violent J first starts off um, kind of explaining uh, is some of his best lyrics, in my opinion, and that is... Um, you got trailer park moms winning Powerball lottery. And if a little girl gets stuck in a well, you got the whole world feeling like hell and trying to help. We got good intentions, maybe bad ideas like fucking find Nedden's lace with gonorrhea. <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, man, I, this song is, is tight. The, the flows as usual, amazing. The, the beat was pretty good. And the lyrical content, I think, um, this was kind of like a, uh, this song was very much so it wasn't really story driven, uh, as far as the story goes, but it shows them just shooting the shit while they're walking. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. And, uh, and there's also a Fago reference, uh, of course, which I'm surprised it took them this long. Yeah. Um, eight tracks in before we got a Fago reference. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it ain't much going on, but that's where I belong because some of them days be sh- uh, be shiny diamonds, um, and it can't be wrong because some of them nights uh, the moon be shining. You know, yeah. Just saying, like, hey, it's not perfect, but it's home. Yeah, I I think that's actually kind of a cool song, and it's one that I don't think it's a message that you don't hear them say enough. Like, yeah, it's kind of a departure from the story and yet it, it really works. I think there's some legit heart to this song because he's saying, yeah, everything's not perfect there, but there is some good in the world. There's re there's, there's things that make it all worthwhile, which just is, you know, I mean, I think they, and a lot of other people, it's easy to stay focused on the negative things and go, Hey, if I point out the negative things that can be aimed at getting, you know, getting some change enacted, making things better. But uh, it was kind of cool to to hear this song. Um, I the one thing in the song that I didn't love was the you know 
he says something like, uh, and everybody can do their thing and mine is singing. And he has this like, and I'm singing like Axl Rose and singing like Michael Jackson. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how that really fits into the song. But uh, outside of that, I think it's a, a pretty decent track. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was a, it was a decent little just kind of reset from what you're thinking yeah. about. Uh, without yeah. fully diving uh, into the story, um, definitely a departure from the story, but but a good one at that, I think. Well, hey, let's let's get on moving here and get to the uh, the last song in the story, um, and that the, is the Wizard's Palace. Yeah, the Wizard's Palace. Uh, Eric, go ahead. What you got? I'll tell you what, man. I really like this beat. All of a sudden, we've got this change. We had two sort of like a little more chill songs, and then all of a sudden, they get to the Wizard's Palace, and you've got this sort of like exciting, fun, upbeat song with the the horns and everything. Um, I love the the Shaggy and ABK uh, cameos in this. I think it's perfect that Shaggy is the wizard. It's pretty good. Uh, he basically gives each of them the magic blunt, and when they smoke it, they be- they get whatever their wishes are. And sort of like in the actual Wizard of Oz, they come to find that everything they were looking for, they had all along, which is kind of cool. And then the song ends with Violent J goes, and that was it. I was home, and that's exactly how it happened. I thought it was cool. What'd you think? Yeah, I th- I thought it was great. Um, I loved the interaction between anybody Killa and Violent J uh, in the beginning. Yeah um anybody killer being the uh the guard um and yep. the fourth wall was broken again uh there when uh, yeah. violent j said then i thought what you're thinking was that abk and then anybody killer says just stick stick to the hallway okay go away yeah <laughs> um yeah it's pretty good and then uh shaggy shaggy says hi shaggy stretch nuts be the real name or the wizard if you want but it's all a front um, and this was a- after uh, after his sort of smoke and mirrors yep. wizard thing ended. But man, the beat was fantastic. Of course, Shaggy has to be the wizard. Anything else uh, wouldn't have been right. No, you it's know? perfect. It was absolutely perfect that he was the wizard. Um, and and this song was a fantastic end to a fantastic story. Yeah, yeah, really, very cool there. Um, and then after that, which normally I would feel like they shouldn't have done this. However, it, it kind of works. They added two bonus tracks at the end. So let's get into the standard edition bonus tracks. The first bonus track is called axes swinging. What'd you think? Yeah. Axes swinging. Um, great beat. Yeah. Fantastic flows. Um, this was a great bonus track for sure. Um, I, I honestly think that, well, okay. First of all, there is some language in here. That's not great. Um, towards the beginning. And, uh, like we said, it is what it is, but, um, I honestly think that they could have taken these four bonus tracks and made like a solid, add one more song and made a solid EP. I agree. I think Um, of the four, there's not a track here that isn't pretty good. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the worst is is pretty good. Um yeah. but but this this was uh this was a fantastic song. Um I think uh like J- there's a line here like Jamie and Paul already said it will be explained in the green book. I think that was a little uh little nod to uh that twisted obviously a, a very 
yep. intentional nod to that twisted album uh, yes. that came out in the same year. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I dug it a lot. What, what were your thoughts? I think this is a cool short track, sub three minutes, um, but feels like a full song. Uh, it, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a generic ICP song, but the beat is interesting and different. Uh, it reminded me of classic ICP tracks, but it really made me miss Jay's vocal tone and delivery from the mid to late nineties. However, uh, I'll take it where I can get it. I think this was a cool song. Yeah, most definitely. I think that's that as far as uh, as far as that song goes. Um, I'm ready yeah. to move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, Multiple Myselves. What were your thoughts on that one? Man, I will tell you, we've talked about his lyrics and delivery on this album. And this song might be one of the best examples of violent J's lyricism and and lyrics and delivery in general i think the concept and delivery are amazing here it's like that movie split but in song form it's violent J on the mic like grappling with all the different facets of his personality which each have different names and different voices and stuff uh cool beat cool delivery cool song what'd you think story was fantastic beat was fantastic the the delivery of the story was fantastic um 100 percent. i think that i I mean i could have just let this song play and lay down and close my eyes and just let it wash over me the meaning of it the flows the beat it all just sort of came together and meshed uh so perfectly i think i think this is 100 percent. i'm not gonna say this is my favorite uh and, and this is my playlist contender but this is my favorite of the four bonus tracks. I would agree. I think this is my favorite of the four bonus tracks. But as we're talking about bonus tracks, let's move on to the collector's edition bonus tracks with um, the song My Shine. What would you think on that one? Yeah, okay. So so My Shine, um, I think, is the is the okay song in my opinion. It felt a little, it comes in at, at three minutes and 20 seconds, which actually isn't bad at all, but it, it for some reason for me, it felt a little long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if maybe, uh, it will. And it has this long out outro, um, well long in quotations. It's not really that long, right, but it's the same thing over and over. Ain't nobody going to stop my shine. Ain't nobody gonna stop my shine. You ain't stopping mine. So it's so fine. Um, kind of thing. I, I, it's whatever to me. This song is whatever. It's not yeah. terrible. It's not something that I think is bad. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this song sucks. I mean, if you put all four, if if you did like we said and put all four of these bonus tracks on an EP, this would definitely be my least favorite. It would still be a great EP, but this yeah. would be my least favorite. Um, What, what were uh, your thoughts on it? I have to fully agree with you. I've I've actually never heard this song before. Um, but I don't like it. Uh, I don't love the music and the flows were just okay. Uh, there's a super edge lordy line in this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of confusing anti-religious, uh, language immediately followed by a re- reiteration of the carnival is God. And we're not sorry if we tricked you from the Wraith Shangri-La. Um, th- this one was the least good of the four. I would definitely <clears throat> agree. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, 
that's kind of that. <laughs> there's yeah, there's not really fine. much to say about it. Uh, so let's move on to the the absolute very last. Um, and, and and honestly, I think if I would have to track back, if I would have bought the regular edition, yeah. Um, and if I was a huge fan, I was like, well, I gotta get the the collector's edition now to hear these other two songs. Um, and then my shine started. I would have said, I might have wasted my money. <laughs> yeah, just I for those might two have songs. wasted my money for the to to listen to these yeah. two songs if the other one's gonna be like this. But yeah, is the other one like that? Let's find out. Eric, what are your thoughts on Bloody Bitch Dead? Um, well, I'll just say this. I think they made a very smart choice by putting the two stronger bonus tracks on the wide release so that most people heard them. Mm-hmm. But having said that, uh, I've actually heard this song before. I think it's got a very cool beat. I kind of like the chorus. Uh, it's a pretty dark song. Um, there is some sort of suspect subject matter about killing a woman that wouldn't uh, have sex with him. It sounds, I mean, it doesn't directly say that, but there's sort of that reference. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe leave that part out. But overall, I thought this was the stronger of the two tracks on the collector's edition. What do you think? This was definitely without a doubt in my opinion the stronger of the two um for for the collector's edition uh you're right the subject matter is a little iffy um they don't kind of they don't outright say it but uh yeah. it's heavily implied uh but the beat was cool the flows were yeah. great uh yeah i liked the chorus i, yeah. I definitely liked the chorus I, I thought the chorus was cool i, I think uh you're right they did it right by putting the two stronger ones on the wide release but with that being said i would have felt a little taken for a ride if you will if i bought Mm -hmm. both versions and heard these two songs not that they're bad i'm not saying they're bad they're just the weaker of the two uh, or of the four right yeah but you know what they made their money and, and they did the right thing by putting the the solid strong tracks on the yeah. widely released edition. Now I will say, I think I would have liked to see only one version of this album released and then put my shine and bloody bitch dead on a forgotten freshness. It would have made perfect sense. I think it would have made a lot of sense. And I feel like you probably would have ruffled. And I don't even, I don't know how this was, received when it came out right people could have said my shine and bloody bitch dead were amazing they they was so worth buying both but i feel like in my eyes it would have ruffled a lot less feathers of uh, and people because people may have gotten a little annoyed by buying a collector's edition and getting uh some some relatively weak songs compared to the rest of the album I, I kind of feel like if they were going to do it, they could have at least put Axis Swingin' and Multiple Myselves on also and then two more. So go, hey, it's an 11-track album if you buy the regular version, but you get 13 tracks plus the extra bonuses, you know, the special, you know, uh, packaging or whatever if you buy the collectors. Like, it's weird that they forced you to go, let me get both. That way you could just buy one version of it and get all the songs if you wanted. Correct. I think that might have been the correct move. If if you if you really wanted to put out My Shine and Bloody Bitch Dead now, I think the correct move, you're right, would have been made one made the collector's edition 13 tracks with all the special packaging added into it. 
But, you know, it is what it is. Actually, you know what? It's not. It is what it is. Violent J, Shaggy 2 Dope. Uh, and Violent J, you're on notice for this one. This is yours. Uh, <laughs> invent a time machine. Yeah. Go back in time. Yeah. And fix it. Yeah. And fix those like four lines that we had real issues with. Oh, yeah. I guess while you're back there, you might as well fix yeah. that as well. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, fix those as well. Uh and we'll we'll re-review this this album uh whenever you get it done. <laughs> uh anyways, okay. Hey, that was Wizard of the Hood. Sure was. Um, what are our favorite tracks? Oh. I have two well, really I have three in mind, but I definitely have two in mind. I'm gonna uh- tell you my personal favorite. Do it, because I've got three in mind as well. Okay, I think we might have the same three in mind. I think we might. Well, no, we have two of the same. Okay, yeah, definitely two of the same then. So, okay, so my favorite, I think, has to be what you're thinking about. Okay. And that is a very close, it's very close to um, the Wizard's Palace interesting i mean they are neck what was your third my third was multiple myselfs okay that's the one that we have in common oh okay this is a this is a very good sign that we like this many of the tracks multiple myselfs i think is my first pick Uh and the one that i think i'll put on the other ones that i liked were yellow brick alleyway and thug wyland which i know you weren't a big fan of that one so we were all over the place here. De- yeah, I mean, definitely was not a fan of Thug Wyland, but Yellow Brick Alleyway was a fantastic song, and I, I would, man, if I could pick five songs from this album to put on the the playlist, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely would. But you yeah. know what? We're gonna put on multiple myselves, mm-hmm. and I, I actually think we're gonna put on the Wizard's Palace because I feel like that was a better. That's yeah. where all the characters come into play right yeah you get a little taste of everybody you on get track. a little taste of everybody so let's go and add these bad boys and we're looking at 38 songs three hours three hours 38 songs we're from basement cuts all the way to wizard of the hood this is crazy this is a solid i mean if you're going on a, this is now officially a road trip playlist it is right if you're going on a road trip you toss this bad boy on for sure and you and you and you don't have to look at your phone again yeah um unless you're using it for maps then go ahead and look at your phone yeah Um, (laughs) so okay hey fantastic uh let's talk about fago scores let's um music and beats i went four and a half uh it's a good score i went with a four on this one really good good music and beats across the board here i i really only had one or maybe two songs that i didn't like the music and beats but the other ones were so strong for me that i i had to go four and a half um lyrics and flows i went straight five yeah oh yeah i i can't even tell you how ecstatic i was to listen to something so solid uh man it probably deserved a five i went with a four on this one as well because i think 90 percent of it was good there were still those lines that i had challenges with so it probably brought it down a bit but 
God damn, it's good. I mean, lyrics and flows. This is some of the most solid work, not only on one of their records, but on a hip hop release in general. This is pretty fucking good. For sure. You know, and and I overlooked the bad lines. Um, yeah. You know, it, I tried to. If I fully did, if I was just like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I honestly think my score probably would be a 4.5, but I, right. I, I'll go with the four. You did a five, Perfect. I'll do a four. Perfect. Um, so skits and interludes, this entire song, yeah, the whole the, thing this entire thing was a skits and interludes. Let's um, just I say we score. skip that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the so, time of the release. Yeah. Uh, is our next one. And I think that one's probably a solid four for me. I think it was solid. Yeah, I uh god damn, I don't know how to score that one. How do you how do you score the it's, vibe at time of release for this? I I think I go with a 3.5 cuz I I think it's a, a weird album. I don't know if there was anything else like that going on. I love that they focused more back in on hip hop sound and production here. Yeah, it it's an interesting release, but this is this is them doing their own thing regardless of what else is going on right now. Right. This was I'm not even paying attention to the Billboard Top 100. I'm just going to have fun in the studio and release it kind of thing. I say by giving them a 4, that is definitely myself um that is definitely scored against the rest of uh the psychopathic releases in 2003. Mm-hmm which I can only assume this one's the best one. Um, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we think about psychopathics from outer space too next week. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, I gave it a four because I was so happy that, um, that they went back to the, they transferred back to a hip hop sound, right? Doing what, what I um, think they do best. Right. And so by that, they're they're definitely vibing out with the genre that they fit in best with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went with the 3.5, though, because I feel like I can't tell whether they're way ahead of the curve or just off doing their own thing. Either way, I commend them for it because it's cool. Um, But yeah, I I gave it a 3.5. So our overall score for Wizard of the Hood we're going to give it four solid Fagos. Wow. Fantastic. Well-deserved four Fagos. Yeah. Very yeah, well-deserved score Fagos. we've had in a while. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, this, this podcast was getting to be a chore a little bit uh, as far as listening to <laughs> yeah. prep for episodes, but, but this, reinvigorated me so hey congrats on uh wizard of the hood for this four fago score very very well deserved now let's score some actual fago um and by let's yeah. i mean me uh let me go gr- let me grab it real fast it's just right behind me in my fridge get it out of that little fridge behind you moon mist okay so so this is a flavor that that i am trying myself uh simply because uh eric you don't drink caffeine which i commend you for um if i don't have caffeine i get terrible terrible headaches i'm very dependent on it um it's bad (laughs) whether it be coffee or soda um but this looks good this looks like a classic sort of lemon lime uh sprite type beverage um green and yellow packaging 
says Fago Moon Mist with a real kick. Um, so I'm excited to see what this kick is. This has a lot of added sugar to it. I I haven't I never looked at the mm. nutritional facts on the other. In fact, you know what? I still have my candy apple bottle here. Man, yeah, this shit is sugary. Added sugars. Which is huh. weird because the candy apple tasted very natural, right? Yeah. Um, but if you finish, did you finish the whole bottle of candy apple? Uh, I drank a good bit of it. I don't know if I finished it though. That's okay. a lot of soda for me. Um, yeah. 280 calories per container. I mean, these are the 24 ounce ones. Um, mm-hmm. But if you drank that whole bottle, you drank a hundred and forty-four percent daily value of your sugar intake. Oh, well, I definitely didn't. I mean, I took some sips that day and then some sips another day. So, like, I don't know, I, I couldn't do that in one day. Yeah, no, I, I mean, even even I couldn't. Do, I, I am a soda fiend, and I couldn't do that in one day. Um, let's crack this bad boy open. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what we're going to encounter here. What it smells like. Okay, very much so. Smells like. Uh, like a lemon lime soda. Um lemon lime soda like um like a Sprite or like a Mountain Dew. This more smells like a Mountain Dew. Okay. Um fun fact, I used to be an uh, insane Mountain Dew fan uh in in high school. Eric, I th- I think I told you this before, but I once I had a stretch of uh junior and senior year where I drank my my morning routine was going to the gas station those in, in between my house and uh high school yeah. and getting 44 ounces of mountain dew and oh crushing gosh. it in like the first two periods of uh, of my day no um, i don't think you ever told me that yeah terrible 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 <laughs> yikes uh but this actually kind of it reminds me more of a soda called squirt i don't know if you're familiar um yeah yeah i know squirt that's like a grapefruit soda. Yeah, right? kind of, I I guess I don't know what officially it is. I know um when I was growing up, a uh, a friend of mine, I was at a pool party at a friend of mine's house uh, with a bunch of kids and his father actually worked for um is is it PepsiCo that that has Squirt or I can't remember if it's Coca-Cola or Pepsi or maybe it was a uh, Dr. Pepper branded soda. But, it is. Um, it is a Dr. Pepper soda. Yeah. See, I should know that. I'm a Dr. Pepper head. I should know that. Um, but it was before Squirt came out, and they were still testing it. Um, and he brought home like a cooler full of Squirt, and was like, "Y'all drink this, and let me know how it is." Uh, and, I don't know, man. It says Squirt was introduced in 1938. Ooh, really? Okay, yeah. maybe I'm thinking of something completely different. Or maybe it was yeah. a new brand, a new like a rebranding, new flavor of Squirt. It, it, it was something I think that had to do with Squirt, and it was apparently maybe. not on the market yet. Because I tried to, I definitely uh, asked him about here you it. Go. It says uh, in 2008, Squirt Citrus Power was introduced. Unlike regular Squirt, Cit- Squirt Citrus Power is caffeinated, lacks concentrated grapefruit juice, and contains taurine and other ingredients similar to an energy drink. That's what it was. That's absolutely yeah. what it was. Now that you say it, that's 100% what it was. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, yeah, in 2008 actually would have been around that time. Yeah. Um, 
So I think it was like late middle school, early high school for me. So, okay. There's your answer. Let me take a sip of this bad boy. All right. Huh. That seems, let me take another sip. That seems like a 50-50 even mixture of Mountain Dew and Sprite to me. Oh, wow. Is that a good thing? Let me take a third sip so I can find out. (laughs) (laughs) Fago seems to be like this, where your first sip, you're like, wait a minute, let me, I don't know what to do with this. And then you take another one. It takes three or four sips before your brain can make sense of it. Man, that's, that's, that's really good. Is it? Um, yeah, you, you, you get a first hit of like Mountain Dew and then that flavor rolls off into a crisp, clean, like Sprite taste. Hmm. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, that was, man, they need to make a non-caffeinated version so you can try this thing. This is, this is great. Yeah. I mean, great. How would you uh, score it against the other ones? I mean, how many, how many, I guess we're not giving them Fagos. We're just giving them numbers, but how would you score this one? But also how would you rank it against your, your favorite flavors we've had? So man, candied apple was fantastic. The peach was Mm. good. Yeah. But let's be real. Those are fucking like, flavors that you get when you want to try something weird those are not every day right i mean maybe they are for some people but i'm not about to walk into a convenience store and say oh man let me grab this peach fago um and just crush it while i eat my sandwich for lunch you know that that is a novelty flavor sure fago moon mist is getting back into the orange soda the grape soda you know what I mean? Getting back into yeah. like the the classic soda and cola type flavors. And so I, I give this definitely a four. Um, it's hard to score against candy apple and peach and, and pineapple and all that because they're novelty and this isn't. But I definitely I, I like this better than, than all of the novelty flavors. One hundred percent. And simply that's just because. I can walk into a, a convenience store. I see a Fago moon mist and I, I grab a bottle and sip on. Yeah. You know? Well, okay. That's a pretty good score. And it yeah. sounds like instead of just being a straight up clone of a popular drink, they've once again done their own thing with it. Yeah. They definitely did their own thing and, and, and did it well. Sick. Well, there you go. I think we got we that's that's two fours for today. Two very good scores for two uh sounds like good products. Very very good products indeed. Um so <clears throat> next week we'll be reviewing 2003's Psychopathics from Outer Space 2. Yeah. Um now we only have two more episodes before we end ICUP with we season 1. Yeah, we're uh we're we're ending season one at the end of the first Joker's card deck. Season two will be the post Joker's card era. And then season three will begin with the beginning of the second deck. The beginning of the second deck. It'll all be seamless for, for you as a listener, though. If you're listening weekly, uh, we're not like taking months or weeks off. We'll just keep right. Going. Right. Yeah. No, we're, we're I mean, after next week. Or after two weeks from now, you can expect another episode the next week. Yeah. Um, we're, not, we're not taking any time off or anything like that. I think I will redesign our uh, our cover art, though. 
for season two. Yeah. And I've already started thinking about new concepts for um, our our sort of trade-off intro. We've got some, you know, change change up the lines a little bit there. Yeah, so there 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 will be some changes, um, but uh, we we will not have any gaps in in content. Gapless. Um, gapless. We we are not we are not going to the gap. We are not going to baby <laughs> gap. We are a gapless podcast. Um, exactly so (laughs) so um yeah that's it that's it how uh how can people find more of you more of us so you can find more of me at www.locklearcomedy.com i also stream on twitch uh almost daily twitch.tv slash gristle media I also burp on stream a lot, so you'll hear a lot of that. I'm I'm currently working on a video edit where I've cut together, I think, probably a minute and a half of me burping. Um, wow, is that just one burp? No, that, that I wish. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, it is. It is one streams worth of burps. I'll tell you that much. But uh, oh wow, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a I'm a burpy boy, especially when I'm down in topos. Come on, man. Oh yeah, Killing who me. is it exactly? Um, so that's where you can find me. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at ICUPWWE, um, where we interact with, uh, some ICP stuff. We'll retweet some important news. We'll retweet some, some important merch, uh, ICP merch, um, including that dog beats snapback hat that was dope as hell. That's so so dope. Um, I was so close to ordering one. I, Dude, man, I should have. That classic logo is so good. Oh yeah, that that ICP logo might be my favorite. To yeah, be honest, it's awesome. Um, a- anyways, Eric, where where can we find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Nuclear Is Lonely, and I don't use it very often. But you know, if you message me or at me or whatever, then maybe eventually i'll look at it and respond <laughs> yeah i've i've found uh i think i sent you something on twitter about icp cuz it was a tweet or something and i was already yeah. on twitter so i was like i'm going to just send this over to eric uh i found that uh especially when you replied 4 days later that maybe yeah. that wasn't the most efficient way to get information into your hands <laughs> yeah that's um i i uh yeah I try to avoid social media. I, I got overloaded on social media and I've had to take a big breather and uh, life is better for me, uh, you know, giving it a place and, and using it sparingly. So that that's that. But I do still check it. Awesome. And hey, I do not blame you for uh, for that little break. I think that yeah. would make most of the world more sane and uh, better people. Yeah, um, probably true. You know, what? but w- we we will get more into that uh on our newest podcast um i see you instagramming with we uh where we talk about the evils of social media um until then until next time for eric i'm aaron uh in a big old whoop whoop out there thank you guys so much for listening whoop 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 whoop
has been a Gristle Media production. Is everything okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> I think we're good. Um. <laughs> okay. Welcome to. Oh yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> and they're they're both grabbing peen. Uh, they sure are. What, one's just grabbing it raw, and the other one's grabbing it over the pants. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Golly.